Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Section 13 of The Most Extraordinary Trial of William Palmer by anonymous this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by lynn thompson section thirteen the defence seventh day continued mr sergeant shee then rose to open the defence he said in rising to perform the task which it now becomes my duty to discharge i feel gentlemen of the jury an almost overwhelming sense of responsibility once only has it before fallen to my lot to defend a fellow-creature charged with a capital offence you can well understand that to take a leading part in a trial of this kind is sufficient to disturb the calmest temper and try the clearest judgment even if the effort only lasts for one day but how much more trying is it to stand for six long days under the shade as it were of the scaffold conscious that the least error in judgment may consign my client to an ignominious death and public indignation it is useless for me to conceal that which all your endeavours to keep your minds free from prejudice cannot wholly efface from your recollection you perfectly well know that for six long months under the sanction and upon the authority of science an opinion has almost universally prevailed that the blood of john parsons cook has risen from the ground to bear witness against the prisoner you know that a conviction of the guilt of the prisoner has impressed itself upon the whole population and that by the whole population has been raised in a delirium of horror and indignation the cry of blood for blood you cannot have entered upon the discharge of your duty which as i have well observed you have most conscientiously endeavoured to perform without to a great extent sharing in that conviction before you knew that you would have to sit in that box to pass judgment between the prisoner and the crown you might with perfect propriety after reading the evidence taken before the coroner's jury have formed an opinion with regard to the guilt or innocence of the prisoner the very circumstances under which we meet in this place are of a character to excite in me mingled feelings of encouragement and alarm those whose duty it is to watch over the safety of the queen's subjects felt so much apprehension lest the course of justice should be disturbed by the popular prejudice which had been excited against the prisoner 
they were so much alarmed that an unjust verdict might in the midst of that prejudice be passed against him that an extraordinary measure of precaution was taken not only by her majesty's government but also by the legislature an act of parliament which originated in that branch of the legislature to which the noble and learned lord who presides here belongs and was sanctioned by him was passed to prevent the possibility of an injustice being done through the adherence to the ordinary forms of law in the case of william palmer the crown also under the advice of its responsible ministers resolved that this prosecution should not be left in private hands but that its own law officer my learned friend the attorney-general should take upon himself the responsibility of conducting it and my learned friend when that duty was entrusted to him did what i must say will for ever redound to his honour he resolved that in a case in which so much prejudice had been excited all the evidence which it was intended to press against the prisoner should as soon as he received it be communicated to the prisoner's counsel i must therefore tell my unhappy client that everything which the constituted authorities of the land everything which the legislature and the law officers of the crown could do to secure a fair and impartial trial has been done and if that unhappily an injustice should on either side be committed the whole responsibility will rest upon my lords and upon the jury a most able man was selected by the prisoner as his counsel not many weeks ago but unfortunately was prevented by illness from discharging that office i have endeavoured to the best of my ability to supply his place but i cannot deny that i labour under a deep feeling of responsibility although the national effort so to speak which has been made to ensure a fair trial is a great cause of encouragement to me i am moved by the task that is before me but i am not dismayed i have this further cause for not being altogether overcome in discussing the mass of evidence which has been laid before you when the papers in the case came into my hands i had formed no opinion as to the guilt or innocence of the prisoner my mind was perfectly free to form what i trust will prove to be a right judgment upon the case and i say it in all sincerity having read these papers i commenced his defence with an entire conviction of his innocence i believe that truer words were never pronounced than the words he uttered when he said not guilty to this charge and if i fail in establishing his innocence to your satisfaction i shall have very great misgivings that my failure is attributable only to my own inability to do justice to his case and not to any weakness in the case itself i will prove to you the sincerity with which i declare my conviction of the prisoner's innocence by meeting the case for the prosecution foot to foot and grappling with every difficulty which has been suggested by my learned friend you will see that i shall avoid no point which has been raised i will deal fairly with you and know that i shall have your patient attention to an address which must i fear unavoidably be a long one 
but in which no observation will be introduced which does not necessarily and properly belong to the case the proposition which my learned friend undertakes to establish entirely by circumstantial evidence may be shortly stated it is that the prisoner having in the second week in november made up his mind that it was his interest to get rid of john parsons cook deliberately prepared his body for the reception of a deadly poison by the slower poison of antimony and that he afterwards dispatched him by the deadly poison of strychnine now no jury will convict a man of the crime thus charged unless it be made clear in the first place that he had some motive for its commission some strong reason for desiring the death of the deceased in the second place that the symptoms before death and the appearance of the body after death are consistent with the theory that he died by poison and in the third place that they are inconsistent with the theory that death proceeded from natural causes under these three heads i shall discuss the large mass of evidence which has been laid before you and i must by adhering to that order exhaust the whole subject and leave myself no chance of evading any difficulty without immediate detection before however i proceed to grapple in these close quarters with the case for the crown allow me to restore to its proper place in the discussion a fact which although it was by no means concealed by my learned friend in that address by which he at once seized upon your judgments appeared to me to be thrown too much into the shade the fact i mean that strychnine was not found in the body of the unfortunate deceased if he died of the poison of strychnine if he died within a few hours or within a quarter of an hour or twenty minutes of the administration of a strong dose if the post-mortem examination took place within six days of the death there is not the least reason to suppose that between the time of the injection of the poison and the paroxysms of death there was any dilution of it or any ejection of it by vomiting never therefore unless chemical analysis is altogether a failure in the detection of strychnine were circumstances more favourable for its discovery but beyond all question strychnine was not found whatever we may think of the judgment and experience of dr taylor we have no reason to doubt that he is a very skilful chemist we have no reason to believe in fact we know to the contrary that he and dr rees did not do all that the science of chemical analysis could enable men to do to detect the poison they had a distinct intimation from the executor and near relative of the deceased that he for some cause or another had reason to suspect that poison had been administered they undertook an analysis of the stomach which without now going into details upon that point was not on the whole in an unfavourable condition with a firm expectation that if it was there it would be found and without any doubt as to the efficiency of their tests then in december they say quote, we do not find strychnine prussic acid or any trace of opium from the contents having been drained away not drained out of the jar you know it is now impossible to say whether any strychnine had or had not been given before death but it is quite possible 
for tartar emetic to destroy life if given in repeated doses and so far as we can at present form an opinion in the absence of any natural cause of death the deceased may have died from the effects of antimony in this or some other form End quote. but they afterwards attended the inquest and having heard the evidence of mills of mr jones of lutterworth and of roberts who spoke to the purchase of strychnine on the morning of the death they came to the conclusion that the pills administered to cook on the monday and the tuesday night contained strychnine dr taylor came to that conclusion notwithstanding his written opinion that cook might have been poisoned by antimony and notwithstanding the fact that no trace of strychnine was found in the body i call your attention now to this circumstance in order to claim for it its proper place in the discussion the gentlemen who have come to the conclusion that strychnine may have been in the body although it was not found have arrived at that conclusion from experiments of a very partial kind in 